Hi, welcome to Office Hours with Janelle Vu and Anil Desange. We go over MixLab internal medicine questions with expert IM docs in the field here at UC Davis. Hi, I have another question with Dr. Mola here, but before that, Dr. Mola, why don't you tell us what made you want to become a hospitalist? All right, thanks so much for having me, Janelle. Uh, what drew me into hospital medicine is that I love the ability to solve complex problems. To me, it's sort of like solving a puzzle. And I used to read a lot of Sherlock Holmes and uh, uh, Jupiter Jones and the Three Investigators when I was a kid. But um, I love uh, detective stories and trying to put things together into a, a big hole. And mix that with acuity. Things are exciting. Things move fast. Uh, when I'm in the hospital, I have everything at my disposal to try to make a diagnosis and figure things out. So those things combined, for me, make hospital medicine uh, an incredibly gratifying thing to do. Okay, this is item number five from the pulmonary section of MixApp. This is a 63-year-old man who is evaluated for a one-year history of dyspnea that has gradually worsened during the past six months. He has dyspnea at rest but has no orthopnea. The patient reports his breathing is better when lying flat and is worse when sitting upright. He previously abused alcohol and intravenous drugs. Medical history is significant for cirrhosis and portal hypertension. On physical exam, he's afebrile, blood pressure is 110 over 68, pulse is 80, and respiratory rate is 24. O2 sat is 85 on ambient air. The cardiac exam is normal, lungs are clear, ascites is present, as is clubbing, peripheral cyanosis, and spider nevi. Lower extremities show 1 plus pitting edema. The chest x-ray is normal. So Dr. Mola, which of the following is the most likely cause of this patient's dyspnea? A. Bronchogenic carcinoma. B. Constrictive pericarditis. C. Emphysema. D. Hepatopulmonary syndrome. All right. Great question, Janelle. <laughs> so um, this question uh, tests your knowledge of some uh, basic uh, medical definitions and then applying that knowledge to a very specific disease process. So um, just to go back uh, at the question stem, you know, orthopnea, remember, is dyspnea relieved in the upright position. So which disease process is the hallmark of orthopnea? Um, heart failure. Good. Awesome. You're going to have this aced. <laughs> so orthopnea, right, and he has none. So, and the patient reports his breathing is better when lying flat and is worse when sitting upright. And what, uh, what term is that? That's platypnea. Good, excellent. So platypnea, dyspnea worse in the upright position. And uh, that goes along with uh, orthodeoxia, which is low oxygen saturation in the upright uh, position, which improves when lying down. Now, it doesn't tell us that, you know, it gives us his oxygen sat of 85%. doesn't tell us if it uh, drops uh, when he's in the upright position or not. Now, there's very few things that cause that platypnea orthodeoxia syndrome. And the two things that I can think of uh, that cause that is hepatopulmonary syndrome or an anatomic cardiovascular defect, such as a congenital heart defect. So, so a very specific disease process. And so uh, the answer would be D, hepatopulmonary syndrome. So uh, let's go through that a little bit. So... Uh, hepatopulmonary syndrome, which we uh, discussed, manifests as dyspnea at rest or on exertion, platypnea 
and hypoxemia in the setting of chronic liver disease. So platypnea, dyspnea worse in the upright position, which uh, we described he has, uh, and orthodeoxia. Now, the way that I like to think about it, uh, so with hepatopulmonary syndrome, uh, patients with chronic liver disease, they have these telangiectasias on their skin and on their chest. And the basic pathophysiologic process behind hepatopulmonary syndrome is that they get these microscopic intrapulmonary arteriovenous dilatations that are anatomically inferior to the lung, all right? And the reason why the anatomy is important is because when they get up to the upright position, gravity forces the blood to bypass the pulmonary vasculature uh, and go through the, these little tiny uh, AV dilatations under the lung. So what that does is it causes ventilation perfusion mismatch. So lung is ventilated or it's aerated, uh, but it's not perfused because the blood is bypassing the lung and going through the tiny uh, uh, arteriovenous malformations inferiorly. When they're lying flat, then gravity causes the blood to go through the normal pathway through the pulmonary vasculature. And when you have oxygenated blood mixing with deoxygenated blood bypassing the lungs, then you get cyanosis and hypoxemia. So that's the uh, pathophysiology and why uh, uh, patients develop platypnea. Uh, the chest x-ray uh, in patients with hepatopulmonary syndrome is typically normal. And interestingly enough, the way to actually make the diagnosis is through a bubble study or a contrast mm -hmm. echo. Mm -hmm. uh, so you inject bubbles into the right side of the heart, take a look at echo, and within a few minutes, the bubbles will show up on the left side of the heart, uh, implying that there's a right-to-left shunt. So what's happening is these bubbles are switching over to the left side of the circulation through these tiny uh, intrapulmonary uh, AV dilatations. Any questions with regards to that? No, I, I didn't know that. That's super interesting. It's super interesting, and I actually didn't you know, know it when I was in medical school either. It's a pretty complex uh, pathophysiology. So anyway, that's the answer. Now, going through the other answers, uh, bronchogenic carcinoma. The patient has clubbing. Uh, clubbing is associated with hepatopulmonary syndrome, also associated with uh, uh, bronchogenic cancer. But you would expect uh, other symptoms, uh, cough, hemoptysis, uh, focal pulmonary findings, and this is where you would see egophony, bronchophony. So nothing else really uh, goes along with uh, bronchogenic cancer, especially a, a normal examination with clear lungs and uh, normal chest x-ray. Part B, uh, constrictive pericarditis. This was actually one, initially reading the question, that was uh, higher up on my differential hepatopulmonary syndrome versus constrictive pericarditis. And the thing that made constrictive pericarditis uh, a little bit more likely to me than bronchogenic uh, cancer was right-sided heart failure. Sometimes you can see. Now, right-sided heart failure would give you clear lungs. It would give you a clear chest x-ray. Right-sided heart failure could give you some of the liver symptoms. So because of passive congestion on the right side, that could give you liver failure. So that was one of the things that uh, I sort of had to rule that out versus the hepatopulmonary syndrome. But some things that uh, go against constrictive pericarditis is that they don't typically develop platypnea. They have orthopnea, 
So, for example, their dyspnea gets better uh, when they sit up as opposed to the hepatopulmonary syndrome. Usually if, if someone has constrictive pericarditis or heart failure, they'll mention the JVP, and so they don't mention that in, in the physical exam, so assuming that it's uh, normal. There's also no mention of, you know, with constrictive pericarditis or pericardial effusion, they'll mention a pulsus paradoxicus or a pericardial knock. So, uh, constrictive pericarditis is uh, not likely for those reasons. And then finally, emphysema. So, emphysema can cause dyspnea, hypoxemia, and diminished breast sounds. With emphysema, you would, uh, ex you know, you'd expect for them to have a, a very strong tobacco history, uh, which is not mentioned. Physical exam findings uh, such as hyperresonance or percussion, wheezes. So, none of those are present, and plus, emphysema would not give you platypnea. So, uh, that rules out emphysema. Everything points towards uh, the hepatopulmonary syndrome. So the main feature about this is uh, hepatopulmonary syndrome is a very rare disease process. I think I've only seen it maybe twice in the last 10 years of my training, but it's very common on the boards. <laughs> What's unique about hepatopulmonary syndrome is that it's one of the few disease processes that cause this very interesting platypnea orthodeoxia syndrome. I think the main takeaway point from this question is to recognize the symptoms of the hepatopulmonary syndrome, uh, its association with liver failure, and know how to recognize that <laughs> the other disease process that can give you similar symptoms is congenital cardiac defects. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Office Hours with Janelle and Anil. This was recorded and edited by us, us. and made possible by UC Davis Doctoring 4.